It's really just one thing. You guys probably read in the news that Steve Kime is taking a health-related uh, leave of absence, and that, that we don't know how long. I think long-term he'll be fine. Uh, but in the meantime, I've asked both Quentin uh, Harris and Adrian Wilson to take over and fill his responsibilities. I've asked him to share this responsibility uh, for the foreseeable future, which is going to at least be through the end of the season. In the meantime, guys, we've got four games left, and uh, I'm as disappointed as everybody else in this room. Uh, and I know that there have been a lot of post-game remarks about let's, let's everybody lock in and let's everybody dial in. Uh, I can see who's really doing it. I can also see where sometimes people are cutting corners. You know, that really affects your play on, on Sundays. We've got to finish strong. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. Going to find out who's not playing hard at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, by the way, the entirety of the Steve Keim content on yeah. this episode of Hard Knocks, which shouldn't surprise you since other things have been glazed over. Right. Um, but that was Michael Bidwell addressing the team. Sounding more like a head coach than the head coach sounds sometimes. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. I was somewhat refreshed to hear the, the yeah. salty language and C- the, hey, calling I'm, out players. I'm not veiling my disappointment in what's happened this year. That's what should be happening from top to bottom. Uh, and we haven't seen that. But a couple things stood out to me. Mm-hmm. First, um, you know, addressing the full team and starting with, you might have read in the news, by the way, your general manager is gone. You might have read about it. That's probably that something that needs to be handled a little bit better initially internally. I don't know if it was possible logistically to do. Right. Or uh, was it? And the cameras just weren't allowed to be there? Maybe. Um, the other thing that stood out, and we both noticed this, is... <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Biddle was talking, and obviously we can't show you the, vi- the, the visuals of it. But the big screen behind him said, uh, Michael Bidwell, owner. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit <laughs> like interesting. Like they fonted their owner so that... <laughs> so that everybody would know who it was, so that people would pay attention, that that, that it wasn't just some another... Doesn't that tell you about the attention span of this group? Or You know what and, I mean? And then he challenged them with salty language and got done and got an, got an ovation. Standing ovation. Well, because he's Michael Bidwell, owner. <laughs> So, listen, but again, his original message, that really, that sounded more like Bruce Arians and a head coach than the head coach does most of the time. Yeah. Jerry Colangelo once named himself head coach of the Suns in an interim basis. Maybe Michael wants to give it a try. That's honestly. I, that's, I never, no, no, I, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I was going to say honestly. This season has lent itself to anything being on the table, Beck. Yeah, truly not, anything. Yeah, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be just fitting? But again, at least I mean, at least Michael Bidwell was was very forceful in calling out half this room that obviously just again isn't paying attention. If that isn't the the, the ultimate damnation of this culture, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and Michael Bidwell is right. There has been a lot of, uh, you know, and we've seen it now on Hard Knocks because the the episodes are formulaic. You know, it's half human interest story, half part, you know, half of what happened in the game that week. But those post-game 
comments and speeches that are caught after losses mm-hmm. all have the same tone, whether they're coming from Cliff Kingsbury, from Buda Baker, from J.J. Watt, from everybody. Which is why, right. And it's not, apparently these messages are not sinking in because Clearly, they're being repeated every yes, week. Yes, yes. The desperate pleas to be accountable, to be a man, to step up, to honor the game, to honor your contract, to honor your team, to honor your legacy, to stay involved, to stay engaged. How lo- How many times do you have to say that to a group? I guess for three more weeks. <laughs> Listen, and then some of those guys that maybe aren't fulfilling yeah. those requests won't be part of this organization moving forward. Listen, I, I've said this before, and I, and I do think that this is this is quite something uh, that, that that this season, and I don't I don't think it's really going to leave a, a negative mark on Hard Knocks because I think most everybody outside of Arizona has zero interest in this. And with all due respect to Trey McBride, um, spending time talking about a rookie who's had a very uneventful, non-impactful season, that's not going to appeal to a single football fan anywhere. And so to me, it, 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 I, I think most, I think the ratings for this or the engagement for this is going to be really, really bad, given the fact that this has been a extremely dysfunctional season, and yet the show has not revealed really any of the dysfunction. Yeah, would you be able to tell that this was a 4-10 football team by, by, by what's oh, being no. shown? And, and okay, if you even want to grant the pass for not diving into some explosive things that have happened in the last six weeks with this team, the Eno Benjamin release, the Sean Coogler stuff was glazed over. Again, you heard the entirety. I think it was the one time that Steve Kimes' name was mentioned mm-hmm. in the entire episode. This is the general, your 10 year general manager taking a health leave of absence. And well, it was, it, think I mean, of the- that, those are the ingredients that lead to dysfunction, and dysfunction sells. So I agree with you. If you're telling me you're going to see the inner workings of a 4-10 and football team, doesn't have to be the Cardinals. It could have been anyone that was coming off a playoff year and is having yeah. this difficult of a season. There would be interest in that. Yes. But it's more about homecoming stories and, and, and things like that. And I guess Hard Knocks is always – we're watching differently this year, and I've said this before. Yeah, because we're deeply because engaged. Because yep. you're deeply engaged. Yep. You're closer. You have a, a, a deep – more intimate knowledge of this football team. So this feels like tip of the iceberg stuff, which doesn't satisfy a, a, you know an angry fan base in a no, season like this. No, a fan base looking for answers. And you, and you wonder, like you, Sarah just pointed out, you wonder, you saw how Cliff Kingsbury addressed the Sean Coogler situation, and, and there wasn't a whole lot uh, told to the group on that. And that was a very influential... Um, vocal, charismatic member of the coaching staff. Seemingly well-liked by his players. Right, exactly. The kind of guy that you'd go, oh, what happened to him? Mm -hmm. And so when you leave a locker room up to, you know, gossip and whispers without any, you know, real kind of guiding discussions about it, I don't think that's good either. But maybe that might be just for the cameras. Maybe all this stuff has gone on. This is just one of those things where Hard Knocks is not going to be able to go. Um, Yeah, so listen, I I do think, though, for Michael Bidwell, though, to be able to see the guys that are cutting corners, that tells you how bad it must be, right? Right. Yeah, if, I guess. If they're cutting corners in front of the owner? Yes. Where he can see it with his own eyes? Right, and the owner so who's a not a football guy. Yeah. If he can see it, then it's got to be pretty profound. Blatant, yeah. Yeah, that's that to me is really, I just I was just stunned by that. I, I'm Just the fact that they had an ID Michael Bidwell on the screen behind him for this group was, to me, was just like, what? <laughs> you know what's funny? 
I did not notice that. You didn't really? notice I was, that? I was listening to that part. I'm not, my eyes aren't on it the entire time I'm listening. Yeah. I did not know that they put they identified their yeah. for the players. A gigantic screen is hey. like, like like he was a, somebody speaking at a conference. You're going to want to pay attention to this yeah, guy, right? Right? Yeah, this guy up here is kind of important. He that, signs that, that, that got a lot of money. Checks. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's him. Yeah, right. that that's exactly right. So uh, put down so, your phone. <laughs> so I thought. Listen, I, I I thought a couple things. I thought JJ Watt had a very good appearance in Hard Knocks. I I loved his post game speech after Denver. But again, it's more the same. But at least. At least there's somebody really trying to keep this group on it. And and, and the fact that J.J. Watt was trying to fundraise from the guys for the support staff of, oh, uh, around yes. the Cardinals, I thought was super cool. You know, the guys that have to load up all the gear and do all the stuff. Oh, and the, the food the, workers. The that yeah, prepare he's the telling food. them all to yeah. fire up your, your apps and, and contribute to a fund. I, see, yeah, that, that that's cool. just great leadership. I Everything about J.J. Watt, obviously, is very polished in front of the camera. He knows how to operate his image like few others, but man, what respect I have for that guy. Yeah, and that's one thing, and I, I said this earlier in the week about J.J. Watt's future, you know, does is his future in Arizona, and when you see him have a game like he had against Denver with three sacks and forcing a, forcing a fumble, he's still got that juice in him from, from time mm-hmm. to time, but the leadership might be more important for a team that could be undergoing, uh, you know, a, a rebuild to some degree. And then people will point that around and say, hey, he's a leader on this year's team. It's not making that much of an effect either. Well, I think that's a fair point. But I think the leadership kind of complicates maybe his future here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it could sway everybody into thinking, let's bring this guy back because of what he does in the locker room. But it, then again, it's I think he's going to have to want to come back as well. And maybe yeah. he does. And maybe. I think he'll have opportunity elsewhere. Don't get me wrong. Right. But again, J.J. Watt's never won a Super Bowl. No. And, and the hour, the sands and the hourglass are, you know, mostly on the bottom there too. Right, and he is, you know, he's and he's played really, really well. I just and maybe maybe the recency bias has kind of crept in with me, but I, I, I think he should have been a Pro Bowler from the Cardinals. Yeah. And, and I have nothing against Buddha. Buddha is an excellent player and a great ambassador of the game, and and exactly he's a perennial guy. Mm-hmm. But but I just think JJ Watt is is really put together a, a real impactful, forceful kind of season yep. on the field and off. Yeah, coming up next, the Phoenix. Suns will have a new owner very soon, and reaction continues to trickle in about Matt Ishbia. We'll get into it next. It's uh, Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When you're an owner, you know, I, I think you got to be around some. I, I don't think you got to meddle in everything, but I think you've got to be around. Players got to know that uh, you got their back, but uh, you got to know that they got your back. And I think he'll do a great job of that. He's, he's young enough and yet experienced enough. He's taken a company from nothing and made it into a, you know, $15, $20 billion company. So mm-hmm. he knows how to make money and he knows how to make the right decisions because he could have been working for me still as a <laughs> coach or something. <laughs> and, you know, making 300000 a year, 400000 a year. He, he makes that an hour now. So he, he made the right decision, guys. The only problem is he didn't drag his buddy the coach with him. That is uh, Tom Izzo, head coach of Michigan State on Sirius XM NBA Radio, commenting on his former walk-on player and uh, now the new owner of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix mm. Mercury, Matt Ishbia. Uh, talking about, you know, but whether or not being meddlesome or hands-on good, meddlesome, that crosses over into negative territory. Yeah. What the balance yeah. will be. 
Um, it's it's interesting because that's I think that's on the forefront of every Suns fan mind right well, now. Well, because of what we've been through. Yes, and, and but also to consider his basketball background would open the door for him to be more hands-on, would, would it not? Well, listen, yes, it would, and already Bill Simmons has speculated that he's going to want to bring in his own basketball ops people. I don't know if you saw that. I, I I didn't see that specifically. I've seen it, you know, I, and I've heard people suggest as much. Now I don't know why you would want to do that if you had a team functioning at a high level. But yes. again, I think that's why that's why what's going on with the Suns in the minute in the in the moment I think is is so interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because because from this point forward, this basketball team is now quite literally property of a different owner. And going to be property of a different owner, and so there's probably a heightened attention. Matt Ishby is probably watching every second of every Suns game in the in the meanwhile, and being a basketball guy, I'm sure he's forming his own opinions. I'm sure Monty Williams in the back of his head is probably thinking, does he want to bring Tom Izzo in here? Now, Tom Izzo is too old to be making an NBA kind of pivot. Yeah, I right. think. But, uh... but you know what Matt Ishby thinks of Tom Izzo? Oh, ab- absolutely. Right. And so, it's the basis of one of the few articles I found that is in, in a negative light. And it comes from uh, Deadspin, which, in my opinion, Deadspin is a shell of its former great no, self. No, it's not an opinion. That's, That's fact. fact. It's, okay, it's fact. Um, I go there out of habit every morning in, in show prep to, to read what they have. You, I'm I sure don't. they appreciate that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I gave up on that. So, so the I. best part of Deadspin was the comments, and those are dead. But there's a guy who writes for Deadspin. Uh, his name is Sam Fells, and he apparently hates everything about everything. That's why he works at Deadspin. But the headline is, the Phoenix Suns are about to be owned by a real weirdo. What? And the basis of Uh-oh. all of it is that it is the devotion to Tom Izzo. Why is that weird? It's not weird Tom at all. Izzo gave, life, coach. gave yeah. life lessons yeah. that Matt Ishbia was able to not only internalize but then utilize in the business world, and he's a multi-billionaire who's 42 years old and about to buy an NBA team. Why is that weird? It's not weird. That's what great college coaches do for young people. How many people have been influenced in other walks of life by guys like Bill Belichick, John Wooden, Vince Lombardi? Mm -hmm. Did Sam Fells play sports at any point? That I don't know. Because I feel like maybe that would play into it. If you have had a tremendous coach, a tremendous leader, and and, and mentor figure in your life, right. you understand that devotion. Oh, you do. Yeah, of course. Of, of course. You understand the power, the inspiration. You understand all of that stuff. Yeah. Here's one of the paragraphs from the article. Still, if you watched HBO's Real Sports piece on Ishbia, he's off. If you ever wondered what would happen if the team manager or that scrub on your high school team got his revenge, here it is. If Rudy had a franchise, basically. <laughs> that just smacks of... Flat out jealousy. That's weird. This guy is an American success story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you you can be weird and be an American success story. Those two things don't have to be... I mean, just look at Jarrett Carlin. (laughs) I don't know about the success story. Carlin steps in, he's one for two. Yeah, he's got the weirdness captured. (laughs) He's got that down pat. I have a a text that I need to read y'all at Uh some point from him. (laughs) From Mexico. Feel free. Oh, do it now. Okay. <laughs> okay. He has not communicated with me from Mexico. He hasn't? Out of nowhere, he texted me. We just got here. This was yesterday afternoon. We just got here. I've eaten a shrimp and octopus pizza, buffalo wings, shrimp cocktail. 
teriyaki chicken salad and watermelon salad. I didn't ask. That's completely unprompted. He just offered it up to me. <laughs> He's a sick man. Wow. Yeah, after eating that shrimp and octopus pizza, for sure. Oh, that food. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so food. ridiculous. So ridiculous. So, I know, but he's yeah. his money's worth. Man, do I love food. <laughs> so, uh, it's so ridiculous. How was the scenery? Scenery? What? <laughs> I even left the, the buffet. shrimp and octopus pizza was uh, yeah, beautiful. Right. I ain't seen anything except yeah. the buffet, yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. What are the odds Jared comes back with a tan? Zero. Zero percent. Zero. Yeah. 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 Probably sand still in his clothes, but no tan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing you're right. <laughs> Leaving so, a trail everywhere. He goes. So listen. So again, it's uh, we're gonna find we're gonna find all this out about Matt Ishbia. We are. I mean, that's this is this is the this is the interesting part because it's not as clear cut as oh wow, dude loves sports. Dude played sports. He's gonna be the greatest thing we've ever had. It's it, it doesn't work. It might work like that, might. but there's no guarantee of it working like that. This is a new venture for him. Yeah, and a lot of the. Well, principles of his his business will be carried over but it's a different business altogether well, the, the fact though this is what's interesting is that James Jones for for all the for all the weird unconventional stuff that he's done for all the misses that he has had along the way he's also delivered a really good culture and a basketball team that is actually you know it's it's a foregone conclusion that the Suns are a playoff team and that's that's a big that's a big bridge to cross in the NBA when there's not even a doubt that you're going to make the playoffs that's a huge transition True. from where we've been so so James Jones and the results command a lot of respect a lot of the individual decisions leave you scratching your head a little bit and and so you wonder what the new owner is going to view this and how the new owner is going to view James Jones. This is, you know how this works. A new owner comes in, he's going to want his top people to be his top people. Mm-hmm. And James Jones is is an, a nonconformist. He likes to do things his way. And so I'm real curious where this thing is going, where it's headed. Because Matt Ishbia might, out of respect for what the Suns have done, uh, he might come in here and just kind of chill for a while. But he might come in here and go, this basketball team needs something. I don't know, Vinny. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I, no, generally speaking, whenever changes happen, when when change happens for an enterprise that's actually performing well, to make sweeping changes is foolish. Right. You have to you have to get a lay of the land. You have to do some some mm-hmm. forecasting. You, I mean, just to put your people in in place. Because you can, right? That's the sign of a bad boss, well, right? But but what if Matt Ishbia sat down to that Wizards game and that was like the first game he's really immersed himself into, and he got treated to that game with that with the blowups on the court? I would suggest he watch tomorrow night. Well, and I'm sure. No, and I'm sure he will. <laughs> I mean, so what I'm saying is, so what happens with this basketball team from this point forward? And we can all agree, we're not sure how solid the ground is underneath them right now. Mm-hmm. And and so it's everything that's going forward with this basketball team in the short term is going to influence the way their new owner sure. looks at them. The 2022 college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium December 31st, featuring number two Michigan against number three TCU. They square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Coming up next, the big stories of the day repackaged and rebooted. The Rush Hour Reboot with Sarah Cazell is next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Great to have you all with us on this almost Christmas Thursday. Are you guys just ready? Are you so ready to be uh, off for a little bit? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is Sarah Cazell taking you through the top stories of the day with Dan Bickley. Hey. Who's got cat scratches all over him, apparently. <laughs> Vince Murata. Happy birthday. Oh, that's good. That's from the original Frosty. Yes. Oh, you got that, that reference. Very timely, yeah. Vinny. Tremendous. That Jared. just gave me Christmas spirit. Oh, I did Did it. you feel you it? Did I did it. it. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Jarrett Carlin. Bless us, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) He is still not here. He is eating his way through Mexico, but we've got Lauren Koval on the board here today. Uh, Hi, Lauren. No shrimp and octopus pizza for me today. Any hand fruit back there today, Lauren? No, I almost brought an apple just because I knew the hand fruit song. Listen, I, I'm I'm really, really stunned in, in watching you work this shift the last couple of days that a producer can actually produce a radio show without having to feed themselves constantly. <laughs> it's really been enlightening to me. I thought... Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get You don't know because Jared, you haven't seen Jared and he just stuffs his face. Did Jared train you? He did on this show. Isn't that weird? How did she's better at his job, but he's the one who trained her? When he gets back, can you train him? I'll give him my notes and then he can run it. Yes, Lauren, train him up. All right, let's get into the top stories of the day as we have four minutes left in the second. That smoke, Carlin. Oh boy, oh boy. No, he has no idea what's going on. He's passed out. You know, smoke. Seven like smoked Gouda. I have oh. some smoked oh. nachos. Yeah. I love smoked Gouda. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys, this is our final show before Christmas, so we are looking ahead to Sunday's game between the Cardinals and the Buccaneers today. That's going to be Trace McSorley making his first career start against Tom Brady on Sunday Night Football, no less. I keep forgetting it's a primetime game. Uh, the Cardinals are 4-10. and ten. They are out of the playoff race. But the Bucks are still smack in the middle of it, even though they are 6-8. and eight. Yesterday, McSorley spoke to reporters, and he shared what he has observed about the Cardinals' offense as he has watched from the sidelines this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's we got to be detailed and execute. Um, those have kind of been the you know our biggest issues is having negative plays um, and you know getting behind the sticks early, and then we're putting ourselves in bad situations, you know, whether it's you know, an alignment issue, um, assignment execution during the play or you know even if it's just trying to do too much um i think some of those things that we just kind of zero in on everyone doing your job all 11 of us one man uh playing as an entire unit um and executing together and here is cliff kingsbury talking about trace mcsorley he's one of those guys i hate to use the term gamer but he's got a lot of moxie plays with a lot of confidence teammates responded that well um you know he's mobile can move around you know he had a couple throws he'd like to have back but he had a couple scoring drives and like I said, uh, after the game, I just want to see how he does with some reps. It's not easy to go in there without any reps, basically throughout the entire season with the first-team offense. So excited to see how he um, 
can perform with some reps this week. All right. It has not been a great season for the Buccaneers, nor for Tom Brady. Uh, pretty tumultuous, in fact. But um, like I said earlier, they are still in pursuit of a playoff spot. So this game very much matters to Tampa Bay. Do you think that the Cardinals have any shot at pulling off a win against them? And what would the Cardinals need to do to pull off that win? Yeah, I think it. I think it's all. It all revolves around Trace McSorley. The the one thing that if you were going to be an optimist and you really wanted to see the Cardinals win, and I don't think Cardinals fans even want that anymore because no. of draft standing. Yep. It would be that. It would be that Trace McSorley uh, took that little bit of experience he had in Denver and said, "Okay, I got it now," and then comes out and puts together a real lively, juicy, vibrant kind of appearance, and then the Cardinals defense is really into it and. J.J. Watt messes up Tom Brady. Uh, in those circumstances, yeah, the Bucks have not really looked good for a long time. Yeah, they haven't. I, and I'm, I'm really banking, you know, when I look at the game, I see a football team that I think is going to be very embarrassed and is going to use this as a get-right game. Mm. But I might be wrong. Yeah, a big hit on something. We've talked we talked about it early in the season when it was more evident, but the Tampa Bay defense when it's together has the the, the opportunity or the, the ability to be real nasty against a, you know, a third string quarterback and a team with very little confidence at this point. I, you know, I, this is one of those games, Sarah. Where, yeah, every every team's got a chance going into a game in the NFL. It's the NFL after all. But you're looking at some some ingredients that need to go in into this for the Cardinals, like maybe a special teams touchdown, maybe a defensive touchdown, some kind of flukish way to put uh, points on the board to help out the effort. Because I just don't think offensively they're strong enough or productive enough to do it, even sure. against a team like Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, you guys might remember from last week's episode of Hard Knocks, Cliff Kingsbury spoke about having regrets from his playing career, Uh not necessarily giving it his all, and how those regrets have informed his efforts as a coach. So in his media availability yesterday, Kingsbury was asked, do you have any regrets about how you have approached being a head coach here in Arizona? Um, No. No. I think... Um, you know, you learn every year as a coach and you try to get better, but I, I really don't have... There's, there's certain players I've dealt with throughout that, that. There's experiences I wish I had back with players, but as far as just how I've approached it, no, I, I don't. Um, just try to attack it and uh, any opportunity I had, just try to make the most of it. Okay, this is going to be the last home game of the season mm-hmm. for the Arizona Cardinals. Will this also be Cliff Kingsbury's last time on the sidelines at State Farm Stadium? Wow, it's a great question. As it stands right now, we can only answer in the current. I would say no. My feeling right now is no. I um I I keep I go back to two things. Yesterday I said I go to this home record in the last twelve games. It won one of the last twelve games at State Farm Stadium, and that to me might be the deal breaker. As much as as Michael did, but will or as much as. Uh, some people might want to express some patience, but then to see Michael Bidwell get in front of the team and talk in a forceful way that the head coach has struggles to, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know which way this whole thing is going to go. I'm going to say both are going to be gone. Wow. I'm going to say really? Cliff Kings. this will be Cliff Kingsbury's last home game. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, just a guess, because Vinny might be right. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing as well, but Vince, my gut is with yours. I think he's yeah. back next year, at least to start next year, yeah. not necessarily the full season. All right, let's quickly get to the Phoenix Suns, as we briefly discussed yesterday and also earlier in the show. Um, near the end of the Suns' loss to the Wizards two nights ago, we saw Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton getting chippy with each other um, near the end of the game as the Suns were down seven. And on the TNT postgame show, Charles Barkley used that moment to point to what he thinks is a larger issue in the Suns' locker room right now. You can't have that type of stuff on a team because you have to be all in or you're not in. And for me, I can tell, because I've been in the NBA for 40 years, you can tell when something's not working, and they're going to have to figure it out. Because uh, right now, it's not working. They're going to win a lot of games they got talent, but they, they're not even close to being a championship contender anymore. Not even close to being a championship contender anymore. Do you agree with that assessment? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Not even close, he says. Yeah, that's that's the heavy stuff to I, me. That's, I, yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I'd put them right now in my current top four contenders, but they're close. I still think they're close to being a contender. Yeah, so I don't I, necessarily totally agree with Charles. So I I think that what, and he wasn't talking about the team that was on the court last night. He's talking about the Suns in full. Yeah, all the Correct. assets they currently have. I I think he's probably right. I. I think that with what they have now, they could probably win a series, but I think that's it. And and that's why I think that James Jones has got to do something. Very important trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will talk a little bit more We've about that. We've been studies. rebooted! You have been rebooted, and I t- it took all of my efforts not to squeal into the microphone. With the cat picture that you sent Oh, me. yes. I sent, yes, I sent, I sent Sarah a pic- picture of Charlie. You want to see it, Vinny? Those blue eyes. Are you I, kidding? I, I yeah, he... maybe this will melt me. <laughs> also, those claws, though. Oh, yeah. I, 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 hey, th- look. It's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Vinny? That does I, nothing for don't you? you think, don't you think Vinny should get a dog? I think he should get a cat. No. I think no, a cat he's not a personality. Cat. I'm, I'm highly allergic. Yeah. There's just no way. I, and my neck started itching just looking at that picture. Oh, man. Okay. Then let's get you a little pup. A golden retriever would make you happy. What do we start out? I'll get a pet rock. You want to get a hamster, Vinny? (laughs) I used to have a pet rat when I was a kid. I named her after Ginger Spice. Yeah, maybe rats are very clean, actually. Are they? Yes. They... Maybe, why don't you get a big python, Vinny? Maybe he'll get out of its cage and put you out of your misery some night. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. <So> dark. <laughs> he is in the Christmas spirit, folks. There it is. I mean, I wouldn't have to do it myself. That's what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everyone stay alive. Goodness gracious. Man, is this the vibe I'm putting off? Yeah. <laughs> Look at Lauren. You've scared her. No, She's not coming really, back. We've really gone dark Jeez, here. Jeez, no episode. kidding. We really have. <laughs> Let's break. And he's quite comfortable here. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to... He can live in this world. We are headed into an interesting week 16 in the yeah, NFL. We are. Before we get into that, some commercial break self-reflection. <laughs> Spickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Week 16 in the National Football League. It gets underway tonight. (laughs) We've talked so much, Bick, about the quality of Thursday Night Football this year. The first year it's been on Amazon Prime. The weekly complaints and belly aching from Al Michaels and who could blame him. Mm Mm-hmm. That being said, when you looked at the schedule, 
um, at the beginning of the year and you saw a Thursday night game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets this late in the season, probably thinking, oh my goodness, nobody's going to watch that. Yeah, It's actually one of the more intriguing matchups they've had on Thursday night in recent weeks. Jacksonville's playing good football. Mm-hmm. The Jets with Zach Wilson, there's some intrigue there. Both of these teams are still in the playoff picture in the AFC. I had no reason to believe that that was going to be the case at the beginning of the year. No, and listen, and so one of the painful things about this year was watching other quarterbacks sort of pass Kyler Murray on the, the pecking order or on, the, you know, in, in terms of NFL quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Trevor Lawrence might be doing that before the end of the season. And it's, uh, we talked about Zach Taylor uh, sort of reinventing his offense on the fly with Joe Burrow, and it's sort of had a lot of results. Doug Peterson's had a, a really good effect on that young man. It just, it's, it's a testament to competent head coaching, to come in and get a get a quarterback launched, you know. Uh huh. So yeah, Lawrence has been really good this year. Yeah. And he has anytime been. I watched him uh, previous, and I don't watch a ton of Jacksonville Jaguars football, but I walked away unimpressed. But the numbers are, are pretty impressive: thirty five hundred and twenty yards, twenty four touchdowns, seven picks. He's got good receivers to work with. By the way, Christian Kirk thirty four yards away from hitting a thousand. Wow! For the season. That's been a really good acquisition for them. And I know it's kind of sparked Cardinal fans to go down that road again. You know, the Cardinals could not have paid Christian Kirk what the Jacksonville Jaguars did last offseason. Mm-hmm. But was it a misstep in years past not to extend him? I'm not necessarily on board with that either. Was Christian Kirk a no-brainer contract extension guy? Was was there people complaining in real time? Why are no. they not extending him? No. Christian Kirk was good, but was also a very... Uh, and I've always been a fan of his. Mm-hmm. But he was he was frustrating for a lot of Cardinals fans because of the inconsistency, because of the drops right. on, in, in right. big spots. So yeah, no, I agree with that. It worked out for him. It's worked mm-hmm. out for Jacksonville. That's mm-hmm. actually a pretty good game tonight. Not bad. Uh, the, Jets, the Jets, it's interesting to me because he, you look at the Jets and, and their draft pick, the, the team that chose Zach Wilson Mm -hmm. and you talk about regrets that might go because it could have been Justin Fields there's a lot of people who who said they're going to rue the day that was a weird quarterback class to begin with but there's a lot of people who think the Jets are going to really rue the day they messed that up but let me ask you this about Justin Fields and he's been very talked about this year he's been electric in the run game Mm -hmm. Um, the passing game still not where it needs to be and when you look at quarterbacks with the skill set, and, and I've, we've had these discussions about Josh Allen, um, how he runs when he runs with the football with that big body, it's inspiring, it's productive, it pumps people up, it also leads to injuries. Mm-hmm. If, if Justin Fields can't improve you know, as a pocket passer or a throwing threat, I, I just think... <laughs> It's a matter of time before he's one of those guys that's going to get hurt. What's interesting to me about that is that, from what I remember, maybe I'm wrong about this, but when when I watched Justin Fields play at Ohio State, I didn't see a dual-threat quarterback. I didn't see a guy who ran all that much. Now, again, that was a real stacked team that he, that he played on, and maybe you know it was sort of like Matt Leinart with USC. Yeah. But I don't recall him really being a use-the-legs kind of guy in college. Now, I'm sure he had some. So... <clears throat> I do. I really do believe that this year is going to to to, to make some coaches rethink 
how much do we really want our quarterbacks running the ball? Because, and I really feel this way about Josh Allen, because the fatal flaw in the Buffalo Bills is they've got everything you need to win a championship. They've got a quarterback who is probably 1A, if not 1B. Well, those would pretty much be the same thing. Would be either be one or two in the NFL pecking order, him mm-hmm. or Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And yet he runs the ball so often and he accepts so much contact. That's going to catch up to him, man. And I know he's six foot six, and I know he's a big dude, and he's tough. But so was Ben Roethlisberger. So was Cam Newton. It yeah. caught up to both of them. Yeah, it did. And so if you were the Bills, you're looking at this guy, and it, the fact that they cannot get him a legitimate running game and a legitimate offensive line, they might take five, six years off his career. Yeah. I like Justin Fields. He's fun to watch. and. It's got to be frustrating for him personally that the way that he's expended himself for the mm-hmm. Bears this year hasn't led to more wins. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, it's a concern. It is. So, and, and I just looked up some of his college numbers. Am I, mean, I wrong about that or am I right about that? They were decent. Okay. Not like what he's doing now. I mean, his passing numbers were off the charts in college. If you look at the 2019 team. All right. He threw for 3,200. They had a 2,000-yard rusher that year in J.K. Dobbins, by the way, who had 21 touchdowns. He still threw for 3,200 yards, 41 touchdowns, and three picks. Uh, and he ran for 484 yards and 10 touchdowns. Hmm. So, okay. in college, you know that's that's not a ton. He, he's easily surpassed that this year with the Bears. Hmm. Yeah, listen, I, I think that um, I, I, I've I've liked what I've seen from that kid. I think I think that kid's going to make it. Jalen Hurts is clearly going to make it. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is now kind of coming out of that. Zach Wilson, I I don't know. Did you? I don't. Somebody tweeted out uh, a story about Zach Wilson um, setting up his offensive line with motorized scooters. Did uh, you see that? I, I saw that. I retweeted it and and corrected it. I said Zach Wilson has set up Mike White's offensive. Oh wow! Mike White was healthy. He'd be playing tonight. Uh, any other That's games? True. Any other games stand out this week to you? I think there's. Um, well, I mean, the Eagles-Cowboys is obviously Eagles, enormous, Cowboys, but, this, yeah. but the Jalen Hurts factor in that, nobody knows. The Lions, this is a very important game for the Lions because the Lions are playing at a really good level right now, but you got the Packers and Aaron Rodgers making a uh, a play at that. So, you know, the Lions, they're playing the Panthers, so it's a, definitely a winnable game. But but for the people who want to see the Lions kind of get through this thing and, and actually get a shot at the playoffs, it would be just like them to get tripped up I was this just going to say the same thing. This has all the trappings of yeah. a same old Lions kind of game. Yeah, I, I, In the, fact, I picked Jacksonville over D- Dallas last week, Carolina over Detroit. Ooh, That's the one. The Giants-Vikings, I think the Giants can clinch a playoff berth if they win. The Vikings might be susceptible, might be in... in in line for an emotional letdown after last week's dramatic comeback. Might be. Then you've got all those cold weather games that we Oof. talked about yesterday. Uh, the scene in Pittsburgh after the death of Franco Harris this week is going to be quite something. Uh, I think that emotion is going to take the Steelers and and, and, and have them win that game uh, for what it's worth. And then, you know, I don't know. I, the Tom Brady deal here Sunday night is interesting as well. It's, all, it's so weird, too, because most of the schedule is on Saturday this week. There's only three Sunday games this week because of the holiday. The Cardinals are one of three games That's on Sunday. Right. Everything else is on. Uh, we got one on Thursday, one on Monday, but everything else is on Saturday. Uh, but it is a pretty intriguing week in the NFL. Yep. Coming up next, we kick off the second half of the show with the Bickley Blast. Fire! Fire!
It's Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.